my goodness, quite the start in the chat today, I must say. That was pretty entertaining bursts out the gate there in the uh, the LNG live chat. Good evening, everyone. Happy Daniel Garcia Day. I raise a Pepsi Max to you. That is not a political statement in the current AEW landscape. See, I can't tell if Toby Suicide is ribbing me. I think he is. I think he is. But he does this bit very often. The only issue is I'm muted enough to be, like, concerned. You know, but I'm pretty confident. This sound, good. Piece of shit. All right. Dukes, it's over. It's already, play's already been called. You've already ruined my flow. It's just, there's, there's no reason for this. Um, nonetheless, I heard of one as well. As I was saying... Happy Daniel Garcia Day. Happy Red Velvet Day, in addition. We are, where are we at? Two and a half hours away from AEW Dynamite, which is a pretty, uh, you know, I think it's a pretty important addition. I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but it feels as though there's eyes on it that are different this week. You know, last week's show was not ideal. Um... And it feels like, based on the lineup, there's going to be an attempt to change that here this evening. So we have a lot to get into, and I will be answering questions for the next, I don't know, hour and change. Dukes is continuing with his bit, which I respect, but he was beaten to the punch by the Tope Suicida, which doesn't happen often, in fairness. But nonetheless, um, I have not watched this uh, Punisher Dice Morgan match yet. No, I did see the uh, the recommendation, though, on the Discord, which popped me. Um. Man United, I, I didn't even know. What was the score? Hang on a second. I mean, I'm so bad with football now. I'm just bad with real sports in general, really. I still watch the... Oh, my God. Copenhagen, that's not ideal. Okay, I'll try my best. Uh, or how? Who had a more controversial 2023 in pro wrestling? Pepsi or Coke? <laughs> oh, that's very good. Very, very good. My God, indeed. Um, happy Mark Briscoe Day. Oh, I think every day is Mark Briscoe Day. That's kind of just, you know, that's the way it should be. Um, Joe, will Hangman Page not be a complete geek tonight and attacks worth Strickland for committing and breaking and entering? Um, hard to say, really. Difficult. I definitely think he probably should have been at the collision on the, on Saturday and that probably would have been an ideal uh, approach considering that Swerve had an advertised match, but... Time will tell. It's very hard, I find, the uh, when you do an angle like that. I'm always torn on the on the breaking and entering and house invasion angles, and I, and that's a ridiculous thing to say out loud, but anyone who's watching this knows that is an actual like trope. That's a real thing. And it's always difficult because while they can be like good angles in a vacuum, the way that you place them within the confines of a professional wrestling show is always fascinating to me. It's very hard to do, right? Like I think certainly AEW could do a better job of like framing it as something that they are not, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's not just like a segment on the show. There was that one time where, uh, where Swerve like murdered Nick Wayne and it, it, they cut back to the building and it was like, Aussie, 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 that was unfortunate. Tag team action on the way. So there's definitely a way to frame it. But even then, how do you have these guys just like coexist on the show? You, you can't really. So 
Honestly, I mean, I'd be tempted to start with that tonight and do the old parking lot brawl angle. I mean, it's nothing groundbreaking, but at least it would tell the audience the hangman was not even waiting for the damn show to start. He was just going to jump all over him. Granted, you kind of just blew that with the AR Fox thing, but fuck it, who cares? No one watched that show anyway. So hopefully he does something. Joseph, thoughts on NWA being the martyr? See, I'm, this is another thing. It's like, it's it's not ideal. It, this is this is an expert opinion on my part. I, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back for this one. Get ready for it. If possible, try not to blow uh, million-dollar TV deals with a Father James Mitchell skit. That's, that's generally advice I give to most people that reach out and ask. With that being said, if we're being honest with each other, like it's just friends, it is pretty fucking awesome that they did that. I mean, it's kind of badass. Um, they should just go all in on that now and everyone should just do drugs on the show. Just go full outlaw. Um, that would be my recommendation. It's probably the coolest thing the NWA has done since Cody won the belt. So win some, you lose some. I think it's fair to say they've lost more than they've won in this particular case, but very funny if nothing else. It's going to give, I mean, I think it's the kind of content that will force in around 15, 20 years. This is the kind of thing that will ensure we get a lapsed fan Billy Cog's NWA series. So it's worthwhile if you ask me. And that's the way I look at this business. Pretty awesome, quite frankly. All right. Uh, still with some subscriber business here. I see some. Uh, what do we got here? We have, we have Joe. That's not me, to be clear. Manny gets very confused when I do it. All Pro Joe resubscribing was for 18 whole months. Good God almighty. We both feel shame right now. That's unfortunate. Uh, Riley resubscribed, also 18 months. Uh, if you want some C-show gems, check out Scotty Too Hotty versus Lance Storm and Regal versus Tajiri from the March 31st, 2002 Heat, both matches on YouTube. Regal and Tajiri was always a good time. He would Regal would get all red and shit, just get blistered by chops and kicks, and his lips would get busted open. Sounds good to me. Huh? I'm, I will investigate this here down the line. Um... My God, look at this. It's a major birthday day today as well. Okada, Limitless Key Flea, and Spooky Jewels. So you look at that, really, you've got, you know, you've got a uh, an all-time great, a former great, and a never was. And hopefully Okada will get there in the end. So even he may turn it around. You never know. I love it. Okay. Um Wemby and MSG, fair. How are you finding the SmackDown 6 era? It's it's a, it's a blast. Um, I'm enjoying, more than anything else, because honestly, the way that wrestling is trended inside the ropes is very much, you know, it's influenced by that kind of wrestling. So it's not like weird to see guys going out there and putting a lot of content and uh, pace into their matches. So while I'm enjoying that, it's not like mind-blowing. The thing that's interesting to me is watching Heyman's like early maneuverings, you know? So it's like he, one of the things that he's done already is he establishes these key ideas out of the gate and he doesn't give them to you necessarily. He just gets them. He plants them in your brain and allows you to do the kind of thinking in that regard. So like, for example, the first thing Brock does on SmackDown is he lays out uh, Mark Henry and has a face-to-face -face with Kurt Angle. Then, 
the, uh, after Benoit and Eddie win their first match the following week, they have the same kind of segment with Angle. And all it's doing is it's just introducing to you as a fan these kind of overlaps and possibilities that are now available with the new roster, right? Like your brain immediately goes to, oh my God, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle sounds kind of insane. Clearly they would get there eventually and that's going to be the WrestleMania match in, what is it, like you know, 10 months away, nine months away. So that's something that really stands out, the way things overlap. He also uses like elements of old school, you know, almost WCW style where like all the baby faces are attached. Not entirely, but enough. I mean, if you look at it, like Rock's linked to Hogan, who's linked to Edge, who's linked to Ray, who's linked to Cena, like they do kind of, you know, a babyface can make a save at any point and it feels like kind of feasible and normal, uh, which I always think is awesome because it makes the roster feel interconnected. On the Hill side, it's just changed because Jericho and the uh, the Un-Americans have been moved for, for Benoit and Eddie. So I'm really enjoying it watching the TV formatting. WWE TV will always have quirks that drive me nuts, like just the hidden camera stuff and like the skits and the, there's a lot of Stephanie who, by the way, Stephanie got a lot better as a TV character over the next decade because say what you will about her run as like authority staff in 2014 or whatever the fuck, but she was a lot better than she was back then. She's pretty brutal in this, in this particular run, what I've seen of it thus far. And she's also like, they're trying to make her a baby face, but the crowd doesn't really, I don't know. I assume they get there in the end. I don't know. But it's, it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. And with the Sega Mega match, top the Texas chase. I mean, it'll be, I assume it would, in terms of like actual quality, I should hope so. I am slightly concerned for the big man. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, we can only hope for the best. Hopefully it goes well. You're a piece of shit, Tope Suicida. I recommend Otis versus Drew Gulak. I saw a couple clips. That does sound fun. I'm going to have to seek that out for sure. My God. My goodness. Bing Bong. Hello. When are we getting a booking the territory stream? Um, well, it depends what territory. I always like the, uh, the fantasy booking ones. You know, we had that WCW series that we did for a while, which was like really perverted and, and, and fun. Um, I'm always open to ideas. I know the aforementioned Tope Suicida had a cool idea about like doing something with the uh, the rosters that we drafted a couple weeks ago in the LNG draft. So like, there's I'm open to ideas with that stuff. It's more just scheduling it in a way that's consistent. Um, if you're asking about something specific, I apologize. Just feel free to remind me in the checks. <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> What are your thoughts on this New Japan USA card Friday? Trent Britain main event and caught me off guard for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's unconventional, but I think it's, you know, if there is an audience for such a thing, I'm probably in it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Trent's work. We're going to be doing a grin along for that show. So it was good enough to get Bullets and I in the door. Um, so we're going to be watching that live. Duke's going to be there also, I'm pretty sure. So I think he looks good. I, You know, I don't think it's the best use of mocks, but you also probably want to take it slow, Mox, because he just came back and went straight into like an insane street fight war with Great O'Conn. So I like it. I don't think there's going to be any classics on it, any like, you know, match of the year candidates on it. But I think there'll be a lot of, you know, that kind of three and a half to four and a quarter range. Honestly, more three to three and a half range now that I think about it. But Trent may go berserk in that main event. He's a sicko, man. He really, really is. 
Uh, like school says, AEW refused to tell us that breaking and entering is bad. Shaking my head. <laughs> Incredible comment. Um, like school says, AEW is saying that I think will probably be a one a one time deal. So savor that, folks. It's quite the deal. I love it. Hopefully, Hangman saves it. We're getting some sort of death match statement exchange for not killing the man. Yeah, you need to do a bloodbath for sure. Um, it's yeah, it's going to need to be. And also, like I see, I know that people want Swerve to take that next step, and I do too. But he does not need to win. Like Hangman now needs to beat him, right? Like he has to. He broke into the man's house. It doesn't mean you you stop Swerve's push. It's just he's a heel. He should probably lose the. He should lose that bloodbath match. So. Let's see. Hoping the match is good. The uh, the last one was very, very good. Very, very good. My week last night, tried to book the rules for Chris Bordine's draft. If it was Survivor Series, I put two elimination tags, a title match, etc. Then any war games. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I was uh, th- that and the Rumble were kind of interesting ones to kick around for that. But we probably won't do a Survivor Series one. Well, maybe we'll find a solution for the Rumble. Um. I guess you could do women's rumble, men's rumble, and then you have like, you know, mid-card title, world title, something, something like that effect. But there will not be a Survivor Series one. Uh, then there will be on the let me find the date here. Um 19th, the 19th of November, we're gonna do the Survivor Series 95 Grand Long that someone requested. And I believe that's the anniversary, so that should be a good time. I think that's all we're doing for like Survivor Series specials, I think. I could be wrong on that. Um, NWA and MLW just got let go. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think, honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but I think one of those is actually like much further, like much deeper in that hole than than the other. And I, hilariously, I think NWA is closer to, this, to the sun. I, NWA just greatly embarrassed themselves, but at least they were in a position to blow a deal and embarrass themselves. MLW barely even exists anymore, man. Like, look, with love to our friends at Major League Wrestling, when was the last time you saw any genuine conversation about their product? What are we looking at? Years? I'm pulling up the cage match now. How often are they running these days? Oh, I saw TV taping days. This is horrible to look at. We're in November here, apparently. Okay, they're running Fightland next week with a card of, well, hold on. Hmm. Cardona versus Mance Warner in a loser leaves MLW match is a good rib because I'm sure Mance left like, on his own accord about a year ago. But nonetheless, Alex Kane, Jacob, well, maybe they should keep going. I don't know. But yeah, MLW is kind of non-existent, all bits aside. Would Bob do coat with James Mitchell? He has done coat with James Mitchell. All right. Um surprised that NWA hasn't had Tyrus go Fox News show <laughs> approach on NWA yet. Let it play out, it's probably coming. Billy Corgan and Colt Bauer should merge. Oh my god, NWA and MLW to create an ultimate shit of promotion, real grabs, to be honest. Can you imagine their booking means? You know, honestly, I say that, but honestly, Bauer is not even a bad booker. He's just he's Colt Bauer, you know. It's like some of us in life are winners and some are losers. I can attest to being the latter, and so is Colt right there alongside me. So it is what it is. Uh, I've actually started liking the NWA's women's division. They're already young, gave tons of personality. 
So it kind of annoyed me. I've heard you good things. The NWA uh, product, like there's, it gets good reviews. It's too strong, but there's like some encouraging kind of um, conversation around it as of late since Tyra shot the bell. I just can't, I can't take that dive anymore. They're such a like pathetic outfit generally. You know, it's not the wrestlers' fault. It's just like you only have so much time. Don't want to invest it in Billy Corgan's fucking clown show. Probably not at this point, but maybe I'll check something out. Greetings, Grizzly Graps. Back from the cinema. What did you see, brother? I saw Bottoms last night. Fucking hilarious. I actually, I mean, I heard it was really good, but I actually, it amazed me how much I was laughing at that film. It was hysterical. Tremendous. Laps Korg's factual. Joe, where are you starting stopping your SmackDown 6? Watch uh, your Fred convince me, maybe do it myself. Few people have said that. So I started from um, the July fourth episode. I started from there. I'm not sure where I'm going to stop. Yeah, I genuinely don't know. But if if I was you, I would start from. I would watch Vengeance and then jump on the next episode because the next episode is when the the big move gets made of Jericho being flipped for uh for Benoit and, and Guerrero. And that's like when it takes shape and the SmackDown, the actual SmackDown six begins to, to merge. So you can go a little before, but I think that's the way the, probably the place I would start if I was, uh, if I was recommending. Speaking of C shows, have you seen Cena vs. Brian O2 velocity? I have. Yes. Not for a while, but I have. How did the uh, best film you've seen in the cinema lately? Um, I don't want to give the cliche, because the flower moon answer, but like it kind of has to be. I mean, as I mentioned, I saw bottoms last night. Let me have a look at my my recents to just see if I can throw anything like quirky out there. Because my first two answers were very generic. Okay. Uh in the cinema, in the cinema. Dumb Money was better than the trailer looked. I mean, it's not like a great film, but it was better than the trailer looked. I saw that on the big screen. Um not a cinema movie. It was on Amazon, but that totally killer picture was kind of cool. There's a couple 2023 films. I've enjoyed it. The The top tier has been spectacular. Um, there's a lot bunched together in the middle for me, but I've enjoyed it. Have you seen Hogan versus Triple H from the era? It's dreadful. It popped me. Yes, I have. Yeah. Very funny match. Indeed. I know you asked this like well before I answered because it was 10 minutes ago, but Kills of the Flower Moon, I think, is my film of the year. I think. Um, the kind of film that you like spend the next week thinking about and want to rewatch. It's awesome. Um, oh, I have no no problem admitting that. Chavo Guerrero, Future Academy Award winner. He's killing it. Bing Bong got Bob O'Neill pilled. Even worse is I'm full Bob in that I'm like doing other stuff and have it on, unless something like like Chavo's wrestling. So I'm like doing the full Bob thing where he just has graps on and it like, you know, he's just doing other things. It's very unfortunate. You've seen John Cena breaking down his legendary matches in it. He claims his idea for the AJ match was to not leave the ring since rumble matches are over the top rope. That is actually, um, I haven't seen it and I will watch it because I'm, I always like seeing wrestlers bad stuff down, but a few people did point that out at the time. That was like kind of the way that match was framed among critics that loved it. it was like, they never left the ring. Now, what I will say is, I never thought of it as a link to the Rumble match. I just thought it was like them making a statement about, you know, just going in there and grappling. Um, 
those matches are I need to rewatch the Rumble one. The famous two matches are great, like blockbusters and epics. I do think they fall into that kind of, you know, finish a trade, uh, you know, kind of trope crutch maybe that Cena's big matches often did. That's not really even a criticism so much as it's they're not as interesting. I always thought the Money in the Bank match was like just a fascinating match where they tell the story of like for most of it, AJ's just like a step ahead of him. It's a really interesting match. So they had some good ones for sure. Code man in war games and the big man, Randall Orton back soon. How are we feeling about the Survivor Series Bing Bong? Um, I'm annoyed about it, to be honest with you, because like, I actually care again. and like, I'm going to watch war games and like, I'm going to watch it exclusively so that like in case Cody bleeds and then I'm going to get mad when fucking JD McDonough opens it and like takes a head bump on a clothesline or something. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Like Cody Rhodes is like my last hope for those matches. Um, so we'll see. I don't really like the other matches they've thrown out there. Like they're doing uh, Zoe and Rio. It's like Zoe's actually a good worker, but she's like not over at all. And that match just feels a lock to die on pay-per-view. Again, the work may be fine, but just in front of the people, I don't know what you're going to do there. Yeah, we'll see. Bing bong, hello. Manny the Hooper, oh, kept talking about Wemby in the Discord. As someone who only watches fake sports for the most part, I thought for a longer time than is acceptable that it simply misheard where All In took place. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, the f- the thing that makes that work is like Manny would absolutely call Wembley Wembley, you know. Like that's not even that would be like a just another day, another just another day at the office for the Hooper. So incredible. Uh, you saying Mark Henry made me think of twenty eleven where he beats everyone. Big Sean Pavey wins about all, then kills Orton in about ten minutes after Christian made Orton look unbeatable. Real grabs. That's it. that match is a great example of the uh, of kind of how star ratings and like match to match quality um, can be not misguiding because it's still a great match, is a great match, but they can be secondary sometimes to what you're trying to achieve. Orton and Mark Henry is a great example of that. Orton and Mark Henry is not a classic wrestling match. It's not trying to be a classic wrestling match. It is though one of the more like um, emphatic elevations of talent ever i mean they had mark henry ready to go don't be wrong but randy Orton makes him look like the most just dominant monster in the history of the business it's incredible the way he's the way he sells for him and the way that just everything about that match and randy's performance in that match like i've I've said this before but it's worth like reading about the story behind that because when christian dropped the belt to randy michael hayes basically told them they were going to mark henry and he said you know i need time to get Mark Henry, right, you know, ready for this. So I need you guys to trade the belt and have a series to get us through the summer. And they sure did that. I mean, they did their part for sure. But it's great to see them stick the land in with Mark. And, you know, that's the run he'll always be remembered for, right? So it's pretty cool. I feel genuinely bad for tall Paul. But he obviously really wants – yeah, it's tough. I mean, he's, you know, he wants to close out on his own terms, and I respect that. And hopefully he looks better when he gets in the ring. He looked rough last week, to say the least. So I'm rooting for the big man. Wait till you get to Vince and Steph and O3. I'm going to have to bow out at that point. 
Has anybody seen how the Houston Rockets have a picture of gravity hooping at center court tonight? I have not seen this, but this sounds like a good bit. Um, what does your ideal version of Sam Joe versus Keith Lee look like? Hmm. There's a few different versions of this match. Before I go any further, I would like to again note that uh, my legal letters are prepared. Tonight is not a first-time matchup. Contrarian Alex saw these two wrestle in a... Uh, let, me, let me read his exact description of this scenario out. Um, Contrarian Alex of Twitter.com fame. Uh, he's very controversial, in case you don't know. He said, and I quote, At a show in a church gym, promoted by Rudy Boy Gonzalez, it was the night of UFC 189. Joe had already signed with New York, and it was one of his last indie bouts. They let him honor. There were maybe 50 people there. Match ruled. Also, Joe came out to Punk's old theme song. Real grabs. So I say all this to say, don't lie to me, Tony Khan. Um, Cage match, go fuck yourself. In addition, okay, ideal version of the match. Honestly, probably about six minutes long. It's like a more acrobatic version of the Shane Taylor match, right? Because Keith obviously has way more like athletic range than Shane. Shane did plug a little, you know, a couple of things in there, like a big splash or something. I think once you go beyond six, seven minutes, I do think like, you know, some of the um, some of the flaws in both fellas' games at this point would become evident. So hopefully it goes well. I mean, Keith appears to have, you know, he looks a little bit better as of late, and he appears to be somewhat motivated to get back back in the game. So hopefully it goes well and um, everyone gets home safely. <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best I can offer. I, I, uh, I have some concerns, but I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I want you involved to try and predict Mania again. We, we did that, definitely. I uh, love the cross, Scarlet, Bray, Alex. Was actually a possibility at one point? Absolutely it was, yeah. Sometimes I guess stuff and I'm not actually guessing it or I'm just pretending to guess to make myself look smarter than I am. I'm not saying that was one of those cases, but still. I want to see you guys shoot the shit, book an ROH in the studio or even new TNA. New TNA would be fun. There was the one time we had this bit planned. Man, I spent like two hours mapping this out. It never went anywhere. We never even followed up on it. But it was going to be like a TW series in 97. We were going to draft from the talent pool of 1997 because 1997 is like a lot of overlap and so on and so forth. And it was going to be like, you know, the, the, the core grin crew. Um, and we mapped out like how we would do this and how it would be like a, a contest and there would be monthly scores. And then we just, ne- there was never like any next step to that. We just did it and never talked about it again. So there's a few ones. Ring of Honor in the studio is difficult just because like, I don't know if the Ring of Honor project excites folks enough these days. New TNA I could see. Some fantasy booking stuff is always at home here, though, so we shall see. Maybe we'll come up with something. The Oracle of Wrestling is in the building. 2002 SmackDown, brother. Chavo Guerrero. The Undertaker. Babyface legend Hulk Hogan. As real as it gets, my friend. As real as it gets. Manny's booking of his roster will be weekly three-hour shows. Manny interviewing one wrestler per week in a Rogan-style interview. <laughs> The other night we were on Discord and we were talking about Manny getting an interview with Billy Corgan. And Manny proclaimed, he was like, um, you know, I'd study, you know, Stern and Rogan before the interview. 
And he said it so matter-of-factly, the idea of him, like, researching. What would Rogan do in this situation? He just asked the guy about MMA or something. Joe, is it just me or has Rampage become good again? Uh, I only, I've seen two, uh, I've seen the last two weeks. I saw, I definitely saw last week because I knew the Garcia thing was happening. Week before that may have been Santana on TV, so I saw that. Um, my viewing of Rampage very much depends on the lineup. But I like, I mean, I like one-hour wrestling shows in general. A one-hour wrestling show has to be really shitty for it not to be like an enjoyable watch. It seems to be better. It's, the issue is that like the uh, the atmosphere is is tough sometimes, you know. Like I thought Danny and Trent had a really good match. The people had left and it was like kind of it was really dark and the crowd had thinned and there wasn't much excitement, wasn't much energy. So that can be an issue now where in 2021 when Rampage launched and the buildings were a bit more full and just generally there was more excitement, that would carry through better to Rampage. But it seems like uh it's become a fun show again, which is good. I I check it out when there's like a match that pops me. And then when there is a match that pops me, I'll watch the whole show just to stay somewhat updated. Um, I agree. If Hangman doesn't beat Swerve, he's turning heel. I agree with that. Um, came home drunk and there's a bing bong stream and the postman delivered those elite Samoan SWAT team figures. A good bro. Those figures are awesome. I say it all the time, but they're like, Mattel have now got deep enough into the Fed line that they just can, like, every version of every character gets made at some point. It's very, very uh, fun as a fan. It's awesome. Hope you had a good night, brother. 80s grab starting five. Um, I'll do US because I feel like once you go beyond that, Hogan, Flair, Piper, Hennig. And I say Hennig because... Hmm, now, are you saying body of work in the 80s or just talent? Because talent-wise, I've got Hennig, but he comes into the decade much later. If you're just talking star power, Hogan, Flair, Piper, Rhodes, Savage. If you're talking talent, Savage stays, and I'd probably slide Steamboat in there. Sorry, Kurt. I wanted to put Kurt in because the Bockwinkle matches and how good he is in the late 80s, but yeah. Hogan, Flair, Piper, Road Savage is going to be my answer for the sake of anyone keeping record. <laughs> and the last time there was any genuine MLW discussion was probably the Burr, a cell phone. De- almost definitely was, yeah. And Court blocked me too. What a piece of shit. MLW runs less shows than LNG, factual. About the same people watch them as well. Um, oh my God, I forgot about the fake Lutra Underground bit. Good bit. Um... This was a, this was very funny. The AAA. <laughs> okay. Little known fact. Bob filled in for Abyss for six months to cover up Abyss injury and nobody noticed still on good terms with Father Jim. That is absolutely true. You can actually find that in one of the observers. It's, it's mentioned. NWA might be trying to be as shit as they can be <laughs> since it seems it's the only time people care to talk about them. <laughs> hey, listen, I respect that. That might be the play, honestly. We do need more, like, the problem with wrestling nowadays is, folks, is it's either, like, actually awesome or it's just, it just lives in that, like, two to two and a half, you know, like that range of, like, it was all right, whatever, forget about it. We need, we do need some more just outright filth, I think. I think it's important to keep that in the game. You need balance. Balance is important. 
So credit to them. Um, ah, so when yeah, I saw the ad, I saw the trailer for this. It keeps showing whenever I go. Um, Hunter, I feel bad. That yeah, that makes sense based on what I've seen of it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, bombs was awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Movie spreadsheet, not quite. Basically though, it's I do those list gimmicks on Letterboxd. Um, because it just pops me lists. God bless you know. Say so Ben Warren, never get traded over to SmackDown in 02. Who would you make the SmackDown 6? Mine would be Edge, Ray, Angle, Chavo, Tajiri, and Christian. Yeah, I think you... Honestly, I mean, as much as I love Tajiri, and as much as he's, uh, his game has aged in a way and his reputation's aged in a way that's kind of complicated things, I think it just it's Edge and Christian, right? Not Edge and Christian, Jericho and Christian. I think it's like for like. Uh, Tajiri's awesome, I just don't know... Because, you know, Chavo gets in there because that's the problem. You know what? Fuck it. Take Chavo out. Sorry. Breaking my own bit here. Take your six and take Chavo out for Jericho. I think that'd be mine. Because without Eddie, Chavo's kind of, well, you know, it's a good bit and all, but I, I think Tajiri's much more dynamic worker. He can be the sixth man. Um, okay. Recommend the anatomy of a fall. Noted. I appreciate it. Uh, I sat and watched the Zac Efron Bundy flick. A lot of movie talk tonight. I respect it. Again, a few nights ago. It's not good, but I think he's good in it, which gives me real hope for Angle. He's very good in it. Yeah, the film doesn't really come together, but he's uh, he's very good in it. I think that film's going to be pretty pretty damn good, honestly. Haven't seen Killers of Flower Moon yet, but Asteroid City is my movie of the year. It, it was a blast, so I respect that. Have you seen Reverend Devon versus Triple H from that era? I have not, but I have seen Reverend Devon on every single TV I've watched so far. So, Oracle, <laughs> take job. <laughs> I was hoping he'd still be here for that. <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of Reverend Devon. His theme is very funny. Frank resubscribing was for a whole year now. My goodness, says Pop. Indeed, Pop, Frank. Hope you will. I just finished watching You Only Die Twice. We're <laughs> This is just, it's turned into like a film review show. Um, Bond flick, disappointing besides Connery flying around in a small plane, taking a helicopter. I'm not a big Bond guy, so I can't speak to that much. I've probably seen it, but I, I'm just not, it's not, not so I have an expertise on, but I'm sorry to hear that. I watched WCW from Bash 96, the start of the Wolfpack whilst working. It's kind of cool, but when Thunder arrived and Free Our Nitros killed my enthusiasm. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Whenever I go, whenever I'm watching some of WCW just for the pop, it will always be like either early Nitro or um, early WCW, like 91, 92 range. That's the stuff that I always go back to. I never go back. Even though there's some great stuff, I never go back to like 98, you know, or even even 97, honestly, which has some awesome stuff. I watch some of the Sting stuff, um, but I always find myself going back before that. Codeman is going to do so many callbacks. I'm afraid they brought me back. Factual. Does Cody steal the Terry Funk in War Games 94 spot and trap Dominic in between the rings? That would rule, but unfortunately I have that like steal thing across the rings because I don't know, maybe someone will call the police otherwise. Hopefully they don't. He does it. Yeah, fuck it. Um, good evening, Cody. JD McDonough talk. Indeed. Um, None of these women are going to get over unless the top stars work with them. Becky gave a lot to Tegan. 
It wasn't transformative for anything. The crowd certainly gives her a little. I think Zoe Rhea is an necessity. Maybe. I just wish there was more of a run-up for it, you know? Like, it feels like... I guess she had the Trish thing, but it feels like she was away again after that. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe the match will be good. The division's really weird under Triple H. I was doing an oracle about this the other day. It's like... It's fascinating that uh, Triple H's, like, weak points, I think, as a booker in WWE have been the women's division and pay-per-views, which is like the exact opposite of what we predicted it would be. We could not have been more wrong. Like Oracle and I were pretty, based on Triple H's resume as a booker, it's like the women's division is going to be really good and, fo- and you know, featured. The pay-per-view is going to be prolific and awesome. And the pay-per-views are actually like kind of the weaker thing they do at this point. Most of them live in like a six to seven range as of late, which is really weird. It wasn't that way at the start of the year. So, yeah. I don't know. Contrarian told, um, he did. He did. He told, he's told the Keith Lee story before. People thought I was lying though, which was very unfortunate. No match guy, right? I've seen a solo. Um, bits aside, I thought that match had more heart and soul than 95% match, of matches today, even if it was also hilarious. Honestly, I would have put it in there, uh, but I actually thought LA Knight and Roman was like kind of a triumph as a match. So I wanted to cover that. And also I I did my whole um, worldwide ridiculousness about it. So I felt better leaving it out, you know, but I enjoyed it. Jokey, reaffirm I believe that Cena Solo was grabs. Cage match telling me out. Oh, cage match is a piece of shit. Fuck them. So they're like it's one person. Um I mean, look, it's not a classic, and obviously it's, like, dumb and funny, and seen as, like, yelling spots on top of his voice and so on and so forth, but I liked it a lot. I mean, look, at the end of the day, John Cena worked a limb. I mean, what more do you want from life at this point, you know? We've all been through a lot. We should take these joys and make the most of them. Alton apparently pitched this Fire Burns, his theme song, before they went to Voices, and Vince gave it to Punk. Owned. They just announced they're taping Ed the King Kingston versus Dalton Castle for the Ring of Honor World's title. Well, happy for confirmed shoot. <sighs> God bless. Uh, bad company. I, yeah, we can get, I mean, I hope at some point we'll get back to it. It's just hard for scheduling and stuff, you know. And, but it was really, we had a really good time with that show. It was like the last show we made before LNG became part-time and such, but it was fun. Uh, he's raised his talk a stun. Uh, he's raised his stock a ton with me. Good Lord. And that's Santana for you. Not sure where he fits beyond saying, what's well, he's talented, man. He, he doesn't jump off the page as singles. Um, because his look is that of a supporting character, like his frame and just like, he just doesn't feel like a main character, but, in some ways, that makes him more of an asset because there are so many guys in the AEW roster who either need to be main characters or just are of no use to you. It's like, Ortiz is an actual role player, you know? Like, this, he absolutely is a role for him to play. The concern would be they've started something with Jarrett's dipshits, which will be no good for anyone. But, I mean, Ortiz is very talented. I like both of those guys. Um, both of them can talk. Both of them can wrestle. Neither of them are going to give you match of the year classics, but that's not the role they're playing anyway. They're going to give you 10 minutes of TV, you know? So... Absolutely, I think he earned something. Um, Ortiz is a good pro wrestler. He, he belongs on TV. Uh, you know, I, this, he's not just some guy who was along for the ride in the tag team. He's a good wrestler. I know ratings talk is dumb, 
You could have fooled me on my timeline every day. <laughs> it can be interesting, I guess. But with NXT going to CW, which is free with an antenna or, or the app, they have potential to do great numbers. Also saw they could possibly go back on the road again. We remember the road will be cool, I think. My biggest issue with NXT is like the skit stuff, which is very funny. That stuff's like crazy. To me. I can't compute it, but it seems like there's a lot more good wrestling on it. It seems like it's got better. Um, yeah, main event, the crowds are always funny for main event. It's very energetic. Bruce Pritchard figure is hilarious. Dungeon of Doom starting five. Um, all of them, minus Kevin Sullivan. Fun fact, Hulk Hogan was the first WWE champion. Pop. It was probably how everyone hyped for the Tyrus match because he's just so bad. People were excited to see him lose. Good bit. Got to respect it, really. Um, I never watched that EC3 one, but like that clip where he's just like laying there is very funny. I was going to review it and I was just like, oh, who gives a fuck? Why bother? Is BPJ, Brian Pillman Jr., for those of you at home, doing the really, doing the being really shit so people talk about him? Um, I'm rooting for him, but him putting the pair of sunglasses in his pocket was hilarious. He's just bad, unfortunately. And I honestly, I have no, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, I, I I'm not rooting against the guy. I, I think there's something to be said for punching up in this game. And at this point, he's just a dude trying to do his thing. But I mean, we've seen it for a couple of years now. He's just not, he just doesn't seem to get it and to understand it or be any good at it. It happens. I'm sure he's trying to change the perception of, of his career and, you know, so on and so forth. But I just, I like that first promo cut. I had a look at that match and it was like, it took him about an hour to his finisher. I just, I don't know if it's going to come together. Maybe it will, but it doesn't look like it right now. Yeah, here it is. Oracle of Wrestling being enraged by my uh, Chavo slander. Did you see the picture I posted? Lord Oracle of um, everyone got a tw- at Joe Holbert on the Twitter. It's the it's Kevin with Zach Efron uh, and the young Von Eric boys, Marshall and Ross, I think, and Charvo's there. <laughs> it fucking rules. <laughs> the tweet I did last night about uh, you know Oracle Night at the Academy Awards is genuine. Like I genuinely was laughing at my own handiwork there, which is always shameful. But I have to be honest, it was it popped me. NWA appear to be trying to manifest BPW in real life without any of the redeeming qualities like Brian Danielson getting 25 minutes with the Yeti, the Yeti on the B show. Shout out Booty Pro Wrestling. For anyone who's not aware, I don't know if it's on YouTube. I hope it is. I may have asked before. I always forget if it's up or not. But we did a series, Jeremy Lamb and I did over at Fightful uh, called BPW. And it was like, we, we booked this like truly just demented promotion, you know, and it was like, we got to pick a couple wrestlers we liked each. He had Dragon and, uh, he had like Dragon and Brit. I had, fuck, who did I have? I don't know. I know Lexi Allcaps was there. I can't remember what dude I picked. Nonetheless, we had that, we had those guys and then we had like the worst wrestlers of all time, basically. And we booked the promotion accordingly. Um, and it culminated with a wedding that was like just the entire episode was a wedding. And I think it was quite funny. I could, I may be making this up the funny part, but it was definitely, uh, people liked it. It was, 
It was a good time. Do you identify more with Siskel or Ebert? Ebert, but Siskel pops you more. Siskel is very funny and he's one of the greatest haters in the history of the world. The biggest thing that that identifies too strong because I can't identify with either of them. They're two of the greatest. I mean, good Lord, I'm just a dipshit with a Hawaiian shirt. But the one thing that I genuinely do think you can learn from Roger Ebert's approach to um, being a critic is, and everyone has their faults and he had his and he could sometimes, I think, overly police content in like, uh, um, if it didn't have like a, a positive message sometimes, I think he would lose his mind with that stuff a little bit. I said that as a horror fan, but nonetheless, he was very good generally at, um, you know, looking at art based on who its audience is intended to be. He was very good at that. And like assessing a piece of work based on who it's trying to connect to. Um, that's something I think that anyone who critiques anything, whether it be movies, music, or if you're a real pervert and cover pro wrestling, I think there's something to be said for that. I think putting yourself in like a single lane and just shutting yourself, I mean, like, well, this doesn't fit in that lane, I think is not the best way to really cover wrestling as a whole. That's just my personal opinion. Everyone approaches it differently. Was Kenyon around in, around in 02? I like him. Mortis matches pop me whenever I see them. Him and Glacier's first match is actually awesome. Kenyon was very good. Oracle announces Kenyon is around in 03, I think. So I guess he's around. Uh, yeah, I think the Hill team will get Drew. Oracle and I were talking about this the other night. Oracle's getting a lot of play tonight. Um, it was a paid house. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think Drew's going to be on the Hill team, and we, we agreed that it'll either be uh, Randy or or Kevin on the babyface team. So I also could see them having Drew on the babyface team and doing the turn there or doing something dastardly there and having Jim Uso on the Hill team which wouldn't really help the Hill team much, if we're being honest, but whatever. Ray looks very funny this time, Cosine. Zoe is a good worker, which is not over. Hope this helps indeed, Lord Oracle. Uh, the crowd sound that they already like Ivy Nile, which is probably working nice, which is some grabs. Ivy Nile was awesome, so I believe it. I'll say it, pay-per-views were better under Vince, unfortunately. I'd have to look back at the last, like, uh, the last run. It is interesting to me, though. Yeah, like, it's he's not... The pay-per-views don't really showcase, like, how sharp and hot the product actually is, which is very backwards what they usually have in WWE. Cena doing a choke slam was both stupid and awesome. It ruled in regards to the solo Sakaar. That's Oracle's read. Brian Pillman Jr. victory laughing NXT's ratings on the timeline. Oh my god, that's incredible. This could get insane if he has any more success. Pillman is many things, but humble he is not. Factual. Not gonna lie, it pops me how bad WWE has got on with making new female stars. Ryan Ward's SmackDown taking Electra and Carmella from confusing call-ups to cornerstones of the division it seems like such a distant memory now. Yeah, and, and that was a really interesting time. That's a good example of the uh you know, I, I say it a lot in terms of booking, like very much um, necessity is the mother invention when it comes to wrestling booking. You know, like that SmackDown division, I, anyone who's in the chat who was around back then and was watching shows like this then, that's a little bit before I started covering wrestling, but people kicked the shit out of that division when the draft was done, and fairly so, because that division looked like hell. Naomi hadn't been around for a little bit, like, she just had done a heel run that didn't really work. She hadn't been around. Natty was Natty. 
Becky was the was the star of the division. Obviously, Nikki wasn't back yet, so she wasn't on the roster. Alexa and Carmelo just got, got called up, so they were kind of dismissed as like valets at that point. Both of them had actually a couple good matches in that time. Like Carmelo and Alexa both had good matches with Bailey. Um, there was someone else, even Marie. You know, goes without saying. So people were completely dismissive of that division, but they gave them TV time and like they kind of just made it work. That division got a lot of time. Alexa and Carmella, the biggest thing they had, and this is not to defend current WWE creative, but this is a difference with a lot of the women they've been called up recently. We have to be honest. They were better promos than a lot of, you know. They could talk. Both of them could talk. Different, you know, I think Carmella's, uh, it took longer for her to connect, and I don't think she ever really did to the top level, but Carmella could always talk. And if you can talk, you can get TV time and you can do their skits and you can do a backstage promo where the interviewer introduces you and you walk into the you know you can do that stuff if you can't talk it's 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 more difficult so much more on creative but there's a little bit of a talent that i think is worth knowing maybe not nxt on the cw may get me to watch again what a what a just animal this fella is been re-watching the 98 to be clear that was oracle not just anyone for anyone listening to this that was oracle um this is not Oracle. We've been rewatching the 98 WCW NWO stuff since I've never seen a lot of it. And Nash does Sting so dirty, indeed. Costing the title to Savage, then within weeks, Sting is in the Wolfpack. Bischoff lost it so bad, May 98 after DX Invasion. Oh, it falls apart, man. It falls apart. Like, the turns back and forth, like the creative around the Wolfpack, Savage is cre- It just becomes a mess. It's hard to follow. It's really bad. He capitulates entirely. Um, Cody here suggesting that Tiff Strat would be an Oracle favorite. Oracle responds, Tiff Strat is good. I'm not a huge fan yet, though. <laughs> Beast. Tony D on the CW would be the least Italian stereotype for a CW character. That sounds like a good bit. I can't really confirm or deny, but it sounds good. I saw a clip of Zach Efron discussing hitting a crossbody on Chavo Guerrero. So did I. Chavo Guerrero posted that clip on um, on the Instagram with the caption. My actor and friend, Zach Efron, <laughs> which just popped me. I immediately sent it to Matt, quotes and friend. <laughs> yeah, good bit. Uh, how do you manage to watch every show promotion like actually going mad expensive, bro? I'll be completely honest with you. Two answers. One, I don't. Two, um, I use creative means to access much of the wrestling because it would be mad expensive. Um, just being real, you gotta do what you gotta do. The game doesn't pay particularly well, you know, is what it is. And I always say this there are a lot of people who cover wrestling who feel the need to watch everything. I think there are a few things you could do that are worse than watching everything. Be selective, try to watch a little of, of a lot, you know, and have an awareness of wrestlers from here there and everywhere but you don't have to watch everything front to back because i think when you get that close to stuff you start to lose your mind a little bit you know i I think you hyper focus on promotions you lose your mind so my approach is while i appreciate the question it's very complimentary because it assumes i'm better than i am my approach is i try to just see a little bit of across the board so i hope that helps but it would be mad expensive and i don't recommend anyone watch a lot of wrestling (laughs) I hope that made sense. Hiromu is a genuine time bomb. That's a BPW bit, factual. 
Have you heard the Yeti was supposed to be joining Gonzalez, but the deal fell through last minute? Maybe, I don't know. It doesn't actually sound that familiar, but I must have stumbled upon it at some point on one of the 8 million WCW pods I've listened to. Um, I'm not sure it would have improved it much, to be honest. Could be wrong. Maybe maybe you'd have done a Rana or something. I watched the takeover 36 media call you and Jeremy doing the distraction the other day. Was howling watching it back again. Great bit. Takeover 36 distraction. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Just takeover 36. Was we on the call? Media call. If possible, Ellie, can you tell me what that is? Because I'm like cooked and I, don't, I genuinely don't know like what that is. It sounds, I mean, it sounds cool. I don't know, it's not what it is. Um, yeah. That Facebook equivalent you're talking about is something I'm familiar with also. Shout out to you. God bless the graps. All right. The WCW bit of Benoit is facing the giant on pay-per-view. So he had a warm-up match versus Ron Reese, my favorite trope. I was shouting for them to use Shanky as a job of giant before Omos matches. That is real graps. Scat and report style. Don't get any better than that, brother. The Oracle of Wrestling is back. He says, Siskel and Ebert show from the 80s and 90s this is the funniest show of all time. It's classic, man. I put it on all the time. Um, it rules. It absolutely rules. We should do it, Oracle. We should do it on the Wrestle Purists Patreon channel, page, network, show, whatever the fuck. We should do our very own Siskel and Ebert. We should bring free matches to the table each. We should set them up the way that Siskel and Eva would with the, you know. Our next match comes from Charlotte, North Carolina. WWE stop through for a SmackDown tape, you know, that kind of deal. Oracle says it fucking sucks. Um, he uses the phrase hooey. We yell a couple of times. Get out of there in 25 minutes, call it a day. That's what, this, is, this is the way I'm seeing our future here, Oracle. Hear me out. Are you excited for Joey Jenner versus Toriano? No. <laughs> It'll probably be fun content because Matt and I are doing a grit, uh, watch along. So I like the Triple H booking idea of valets with tag teams. allows them to go over. Um, to go over, then they can get good in the ring while still being on TV. Yes, yeah, it's, it's effective. I mean, say it from back when he was the world's champ, right? They did that a lot. Is 2016 SmackDown the best bang for your buck in terms of maximizing so little coming in outside of Cena, AJ, and Ambrose? Great question. I'm interested what I've put in the chat for you. That's actually a really good question because if you look at it, Miz going into that draft, like no one cared about Miz's IC champion. He that was when he had his big run. Um, or his best run, I should say. Dolph got brought back to life. Uh, Baz Corbin was even kind of funny. He had a chairs match with Kalisto. Kalisto. Um, we mentioned Lecture and Carmella earlier. Yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting question. It's one of my favorite times because it was when I was just really falling in love with, with kind of like that modern, um, I'd been watching, I'm trying to think of the timeline, July, 2016. So I'd really been into the stuff outside the company. And that was like the first thing on the main roster that I could enjoy like ever. Um, because I, I liked NXT a lot and, you know, Ring of Honor and, uh, and New Japan, but WWE had kind of been like a, a down spot for me for a while. 
And that SmackDown gave me like a route back in. And then unfortunately, and this goes to my earlier thing about watching a little bit of a lot, I went too far in that direction and became like a pervert, you know, watching all the Fed stuff and watching like main event and that And then like you just lose your mind and turn to an insane person. You turn into Bob, basically. So, yeah, it fucking rolled. Imagine how bad TK would have fallen apart if a Fed act showed up at Dynamite. <laughs> Fair. Tweets would have been funny, though. I have to say, I think that's where Triple H, Triple H, nope, Shawn Michaels at the next year is going to shine the most. The women down there are way more comfortable talkers and actors than most of Triple H's favorites. Tiffany is going to be deadly when she gets the call. Yeah, I agree. There's much more of a sports entertainment flair. And while a lot of it's like, you know, you kind of cringe sometimes at the skits, but it's experience and they're going to do that stuff on the main roster. So I agree. I, I think it will bode well for sure. Um, can't wait for the Julia promos with Tony D, Pop. All good, brother. Oracle, when you watch wrestling, the DVR and Fast Forward button are your friends. It's true, man. Like Oracle and I, we watch both the big two promotions. Oracle has watched a lot of much more old wrestling than I. So he doesn't venture like he doesn't watch a lot of the. You know, I'm not going to text Oracle like fuck, bro. You need to see this match from Impact. But if it happens on Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, or Collision, Oracle will probably he'll have he'll have a glance at it. You know. And sometimes to preserve yourself, you have to, you have to just skip things. I always drive Ibu crazy because, um, like, he'll say shit will happen on like Dynamite, and he'll be like, "Joe, you need to watch this," and I just won't watch it. <laughs> and he'll get mad at me. And I, I sent him the Kendrick, the Kendrick lyric. You know, I choose me. I'm sorry. Um, you have to choose you sometimes, brother. You have to. Nonetheless. You did a parody of Triple H Media Call. It was a distraction opening bit. You had Sean, John Albert, and Brandon Ford. Okay, got it. Opening bit. I get it now. Okay, thank you for that, Ellie. I appreciate it. Um, I remember first, and yeah, I remember being like startled that um, that that Thurston was there because I've never interacted with him before or after, and he's like a very serious journalist. So it was very funny that he appeared for that. We had a hell of a run with the uh, with with the distraction, man. We had a we had a good time with that show, you know. Like it was, we only did like two years. But we did so many shows because the pandemic. We did like dailies for a while, and we did fucking film reviews for some reason. Um, it was very fun, very fun time. God bless. If I'm gonna just like throw a generic wrestling talent there, it almost always will be shot in North Carolina. So. It'll happen a couple of times. I hope you will, brother. Bertie Blue Brand, if you could put, <laughs> if you could put the big five wrestling shows on any night of your of your choosing, which shows would be on which nights? Um, that's an interesting question, actually. So, for me, my priority would be. See, Collision's my favorite, and the rating is act. The night is actively killing it, but I can't. I can't take it off Saturday because I don't want to lose Elton John. I got to keep Elton John. So that's my priority. Here's what I do, Cody. This is the best way to approach this game. We go. It's simple. Everything stays the same. We take Dynamite and put it on Monday. 
and we just we just do the Monday Night Wars every week just for the sake of how entertaining it would be watching that unfold, you know? Tony Khan just flying Suzuki over every Sunday night. That's the, that's the best thing I can do. Because the way I watch, honestly, is I catch up on stuff so late that it doesn't affect me anyway. The only show I would actually move is Collision because it gets killed by the Saturday night competition <laughs> and then I lose Elton John. So I, I have no answer other than give me a Monday Night War. Fuck it. I like Triple H's booking, but one criticism is he feels too conservative, always plays it overly stay, safe instead of swinging for it. He's definitely like kind of rigid and he'll stick to where he sees things. Like I think the LA night destination is Logan Paul for the US belt. And I think that's been the destination for like months now. Like I think he's always had that planned. He's a planner and long-term planners in wrestling booking have great strengths in the sense they know where they're going so they can book accordingly. Their weakness can be they get so attached with where they want to end up, they forget to adjust to what's happening right now. Um, and, you know, we also have to be honest in saying that once we get a couple of years into this, some of his frailties as a booker will become more apparent in the same way that Tony's have become more apparent. You know, the truth about wrestling booking is that it's um, it's not a job you want to be doing for a long time. You know, it's... We used to talk about on the grid in terms of Tony all the time. If you if you want to book every show front to back, there will be a quick burnout on that. And a lot of people say in response to that, what about Vince? Exactly. Look at the shows that Vince books. I mean, I mean, and to be fair, Vince was always a different role anyway. He kind of overseed. But it's not like his work aged particularly well. So yeah, it's not um it's it's a tough gig. Triple H, I think, has earned a reappraisal as a booker in, on the main roster. He's impressed me. He's done better than I thought he would, I have to be honest. But I think your criticism still stands in that he's a little bit rigid and, um, you know, he's more steady than dynamic. But steady, slow and steady wins the race, as they say. So there's something to be said for that. I don't know, 2014-2015 NXT is leading up to selling out Brooklyn. It's also maximizing the most of mostly unknown names. Absolutely. Another special time. Um, yeah, I the things they did them wild. Like, I always tell the story about when being there in London, the Vaud villains getting like a huge pop. I told you all you, need, you know, needed to know about where that product was at, at the time. Like, everyone was over, other than Blake and Murphy, everyone was over. I meant that with love. Uh, I watched a few interviews with Corbin, he seems like a really good, good dude. He does seem pretty cool. I know his peers love him. He's a little. Sometimes he gets, you know, dragged into the Twitter war a little, a little much. He used to, but yeah. I'm gonna sound like Oracle, but 09 to 2010, ECW is better than 2016, 2017 SmackDown in terms of getting the most out of the least. Nice no, fair. Yeah, I mean they had Yoshi Tatsu work like a four star main event, so that makes sense. Bing Bong becoming fully fed pilled. These are my boss for real. <laughs> I was man like. Not in the way of like, you know, the, I wasn't like an asshole, but I wasn't like one of those people who hates the actual individual wrestlers, but I definitely like just watched WWE and kind of like veered away from everything else. It was bad. Um, you know, it is what it is. I, I think, and then with AEW, I did the same, like when AEW really got, went crazy in 2021, I definitely just went like all in. And I'm greatly, greatly like regret that, you know. Like by the time 2021 ended, 
I remember Oracle and I having like a long conversation about one night and she being like, man, I got way, I got way too close to this one. You know, I, I never rewatch any of my stuff, but I, I would watch the first few months of Late Night Green, the last if I had to watch anything back because I just, we got way too caught up in the like, in the momentum, which was fun. And I think people enjoyed watching it, but like, I definitely lost my mind for a bit there. You win some, you lose some, you know, it is what it is. We enjoyed ourselves though. So there's that. Um, Sean Michaels gives them cartoonish gimmicks. Then as they get better, they slowly disappear. Tiff was daddy's uh, little rich girl. Now she's just a mean person. She's very, very mean, very spiteful, very spiteful. We'll say though, similar boat in that era of SmackDown being the last and only time they had me all in as a viewer. Well, outside of Big Bob Roods, NXT. God, that fucking ruled. Everyone dunks on the matches. I'm not saying they were classics. The Kenta match is awesome, but other than that, they're not. But Bob Roode as a character was like, oh, that vignette that I always clip. Normally he's like, any suit tailored. <laughs> Incredible. Um, in a previous life, I used to send shoot videos, my passwords and everything to check out international or indie shows. And as you said, never watched any of them. <laughs> I believe it. The other day I text Matt, bro, you need to watch this Moxley Great O'Connor match. And you replied, go fuck yourself. And then said, sorry, have it. Anyway, I might watch it. That's not fair. Joe, do you think Dolph Ziggler is the devil will turn AEW houses around? Thanks for the call. Um, check the demos. Maybe we'll have the demos. I don't know if Dolph's even coming in or not, to be honest, which is so funny considering that Ryan Nemeth is there. Yeah, I think the devil's Jack Perry. Your day one review was one of my favorite distraction shows. Then you left, and I've watched it back. Tell your heart's not in it, but still very funny. I appreciate that. I don't remember it. I don't. I don't remember reviewing day one. I remember watching it, but I don't remember reviewing it. Um, yeah, definitely. I like the last like couple months of the distraction. I definitely wasn't where I needed to be. Like mentally, I just wasn't. I wasn't in a good place, and I felt like I was kind of losing my mind. Um, I was losing my mind for that matter. Uh, and it just kind of veered away and I felt it was like I had to do what I had to do to, to feel good about what was my next step, you know? Um, so I definitely wasn't all the, all the way there, but I think it's like, everything's worked out. I think pretty well, you know, like I'm, we're now almost two years removed from, from me leaving. And obviously there was like a whole lot of drama that I, that was like, when I say drama, that makes it sound like it was other people being involved. I started and produced much drama last summer, but it's been two years. I'm on good terms with like pretty much everyone at Fightful. Um, I was always on good terms with most of them. And I think it's fair to say that everything's worked out. Okay. I think they've been okay without me. I think their business has done okay. And I think I'm doing pretty well. You know, we've, we're, we've had a good year here at Holbert headquarters. We did a worldwide on Monday. We did the an hour with Rocky Romero. God bless. Real grab. So I think everything worked out. I wish, you know, some of it went differently because of course, but yeah, it is what it is. But I appreciate it. The devil is Tony Khan. I assume you mean the like wrestling character, not like just in general. Um, Triple H is booking his fine while they're hot. If things go down, it could get tough. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Favorite match from Super Bowl 93. Um, it has to be the main event, right? Let me pull up the card in case I'm missing something. 
there's a few great matches in that. Two Colbris was Benny, uh, Cactus and Ungdorf, I think. Let me pull it up. But the main event is the best match, unless I'm, unless I'm forgetting something really obvious, in which case I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Vader and Sting. Vader and Sting strap match, which a lot of people, that's their favorite Sting-Vader match. It's not for me. I still prefer Starcade, but it's close. Yeah, Cactus and Ondorf rules. Two Cold and Benoit rules. Um, there's the Rock and Roll Express match that Dave, like, went himself over, which is very funny. It's a good match, but, I mean, Dave got very excited. The long-term thing is a double-edged sword for sure, man. Any approach is, like, there's pros and cons to any approach. Some bookers can just fly um, and roll with it, and they, they do a hell of a job adjusting, but then there's a there's an exhaustion to that that wears in a lot quicker, you know? So, are there any bad wrestlers you love? I have a weird soft spot for Ed Leslie. He's awful, but everything he does pops me. Um, I mean, considering some of my favorite wrestlers, I think there's a few people that would be circled. Uh, bad wrestlers. Uh. See, if someone I like, I just convince myself they're good. I mean, there are a couple obvious answers that I'm not going to say to just, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want to disrespect anyone. I'm just, you know, there are some people that I'm known to be a fan of that are not exactly um, at heart. I'll, just, I'll leave it at that. Big Brock Anderson guy. All right. It looks like Full Gear might be one of the biggest houses of the year for AEW. Thoughts on the card. Sheeta Tony, tag type situation, and Orange. Marks all feel incredibly uninspired, which is unfortunate. Um, let me have a look at the card. I haven't really pondered it. Everything you just said, I co-sign, though. I mean, I think it's great that Tony has found this gimmick. I'm, like, super happy for it, and it's connecting, and people like it. It's not really my thing. I don't think that would surprise anyone. I liked it a lot when it was just she was losing her mind in a fashion that resembled that of a Hollywood star of yesteryear. She's now just an actual actor, so it's a bit different. Um Tag title thing's a mess. Orange Mox doesn't do a lot for me, even though I love their first match. I just don't need them to go back to it. Okay, here we go. Here's the card. MJF and TBA versus the Guns. Probably either Roddy or Joe. So decently excited just to see those guys wrestle, as I always am. Especially Roddy, who has been... Never mind. Sheeta and Tony. Eh. Um, excited for this one, actually. Sting, Darby, and Cope versus Christian, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Hill team is not, you know... The Dangerous Alliance, by any means. I think that match will probably rock. Probably be a party match, I think. Orange and Mox, we discussed. Hangman and Swerve needs a step, but will be very good. Um, MJF versus Jay White. Hmm. I don't love it, to be honest with you. I think, I think all those matches will be good, and MJF, Jay White may be even great. I don't. I can't really pretend to care, because I don't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not loving the card. Who would you say is like the best booker ever overall? Um, great question. There are people that are much more educated on the territory bookers and I can't speak much to them because I only have seen flashes of a lot of those guys, you know. So when you talk of like a God, an Andy Graham or whoever it may be, um, I've only seen flashes. It's hard to judge. I think you you got to kind of look in, in Paul Lee's direction though, you know, and, and that's, with the caveat that he was bad, at, I mean, let's get it right. His presentation of women's wrestlers and women in general was fucking horrific, and he was a terrible politician in a lot of ways. Because for as much as we laugh about his carny tricks, he could never just get out of his own way. Very similar. I mean, I was list, I was reading about SmackDown Six as I was watching these shows, and um, 
he's a lot of the stuff that he got like he you know the hills that he died on were very similar to what punk did with collision an obvious example being he had this big knockdown drag out fight about taz and michael cole being able to announce the main event of SummerSlam, which he was right to be clear but it was an example of him just you know having an argument that he didn't really need to have wembley stadium similar happened with the ring announcer for cm punk's match so you know paulie had his flaws but i still think you have to look at what he did with that ecw talent was astonishing really and he made them iconic when in reality a couple of those fellas really shouldn't have even been notable let alone iconic figures and then you could ask that okay is he the kind of booker or you know wrestling equivalent of a coach that's better with that kind of talent than all stars and, and big names look at the smackdown six stuff i'm been, you know i've been examining recently or re-watching or watching for the first time in my case and you see how good he is with top talent also so I think it's Paul Lee, uh, for what I've seen. Try to think of like other names that I would throw out. You know, Dusty always had like an insane wrestling mind and was always trying to like make movies and stuff. And he had a lot of ridiculous ideas. But when it came down to like an angle, something bloody, something passionate, he was spectacular. Um, that being said, you know, often that to involve him. So, yeah, there's, there's a couple obvious answers. Booking's also interesting because it's like a lot of being a good booker is actually the promotional side of it. It's more about how you frame things than anything else, you know? Like a booker may see a match he wants to make. A promoter will see the way he wants to present someone, you know? So, like, for example, it doesn't take a genius to be like, I've got Kanosuke Takeshita. I'm going to have him wrestle Kenny Omega. We could all do that. That's fine. But a promoter is more thinking about how he's going to package Kanosuke Takeshita and present him to make him a big star. So there's a lot of different moving pieces that goes into like what that job is. Um, yeah, long answer, but I'll say Paul Lee from what I've seen of wrestling. I need to see more territory stuff though, you know, Memphis and Florida and so on and so forth. Great question though. The world needs more power wrestlers. Evergreen. I try to watch 2013 NXT, Bob. Women's wrestling is weird. Paige versus Emma. Uh, it's still the trope of women's matches being hair pulling, etc. Bailey comes in and has zero personality, but is a better worker than everyone. Yeah, the transition was super quick, man. Super quick. It often is in wrestling. If you look back, like things kind of just come together. But yes, yeah, it's, it's very different overnight almost. We all got way too close to 2021 AEW. Yeah, indeed. We've connected losing minds. True. You know, you, you live and you learn. you got to get swept up in things sometimes. Um, it is what it is. But we had a good time. Watching all out right now. God bless. God, that Samoa MGF angle was awesome and 10 times better than the match that just transpired. Yeah, that match was like the worst thing on the show, I thought. But the angle was... Was was glorious. That was a hell of a night in Chicago. Loved it. Uh, this is a good point. Triple H has been way better at maintaining baby faces than I ever could have imagined. If you watched Black and Gold NXT, he favored heels so much to the point of parody towards the end. But now we've got Cody, Sammy, KO, Knight, Seth to a smaller scale. Gable notice it's kind of insane. Also, Jay, right? Like Jay, I think is in that conversation also, which is wild. Um, They've got multiple baby faces that are as over as like their top baby faces have previously been. I agree completely. And that's where 
you know, that's where um, I think he's earned like a reassessment or reappraisal. Like he's he's done a good job, man. It's um, you know, it is what it is in terms of in terms of what he was picking up from and how bad Vince was. And I understand for a lot of people, it's just like fuck it, I don't, I'm never going to watch it. He can, they don't want to, they don't want to care about what he's done to improve the product. But he has done a good job. <laughs> Obviously, he has flaws like any booker, but he has done a good job, I think it's fair to say. He's undeniable, he has, actually, in fact. I'll forever have the image of Bobby Roode battering Nakamura's knee in the single-leg crab burned into memory. He's real grabs, factual. Shout out to the big man. I saw a thread about how the devil is punk with zero irony, so I think I'm all in for the bit. God bless. Respect. Not to be dramatic, but I feel if they mess up the devil angle, it will be in the bing bong downfall of AEW book. Well, I can promise you that book will never come to fruition, but I appreciate the fault. Um, I Honestly, I get it, but I don't think people care enough about the angle. Maybe I'm wrong. I, you guys tell me, I don't care enough about the angle to think it's like, it's a flop. I'll just be like, yeah, that makes sense, you know? Remember watching one of your lots uh, things about your 2023 awards thus far a few months back. Wondering if any have changed for you. Um, I'd have to remember. I definitely think when we did we did like the halfway one. I think on WrestlePurious, and it was like, I think I like Kenny as the front runner, and he's definitely lost that that position. Unfortunately, not even due to anything he's done. Really, he's, when he's wrestled, it's been good. He just hasn't been featured enough. Uh, I don't really know who rest of the year is at this point. Um, it's probably Osprey, I guess. I guess Kento Miyahara, I think, has a real case. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, a few of them have changed, man. Like Ghetto, I think, was penciled in as Booker of the Year. That's changed. I don't know who the fuck's winning that now. I guess it's, I guess it's Triple H, right? I guess. I don't know. You tell me. That was a classic Bing Bong Punk moment. What was this? Was a while ago, so I forgot what this was in reference to. My bad. Can you remind me of what that was? <laughs> During COVID, I got obsessed with PC 205 Live. The roster was Anthony Green, Kurt Stallion, Ashan Adonis, Mansoor, Tony Nice, 2.0, and the Bollywood Boys. God bless. You just go up early on my door on a Saturday morning and watch and watch it. Simple wrestling is fun. That's an insane roster, but it's popped me. So shout out to you. Thoughts on ECW legend Hank Myers? I honestly have none. Um, like not a single fault. So, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to just say, uh, no. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Oracle, if you're still here, Oracle, if you're still here, do you have any uh, faults on Hank Myers, ECW legend? Um, for you asked really good question in the Rock interview was great. Which I appreciate. It. I, I'm not an experienced interviewer at all. I've done like five my whole life. Um. And especially I haven't done them for a while. And it's also hard when you're doing like the free man thing because you're like rotating. But you don't want to do it formally because then it just ruins the flow. So you just kind of have to. So I had a bunch of questions that we didn't even get to because he's had a long career and there was a lot of stuff. You know, I'd love to do it again, but I enjoyed it. And he was great with his time. And you could tell he was thinking about his. Uh... He was he was thinking about like, you know, each answer and actually really considering it, which I appreciate. So. I appreciate that you uh, you thought I asked some good ones. I, I was trying my best. I I hope I did the Grinners proud. Top three WCW pay-per-views. Um, Beach Blast 92. 
horror class with this once, and I was like, well, they're all bad. I say that as somebody who loves the show, but another show is a good top spot. The best show ever, I think, is Spring Stampede 94. Um, I would then say Beach Blast 92, which is like a bit around here at this point. Um, and then, honestly, it might be Super Bowl 93. Uh, I like Full Brawl 96 a lot. The the NWO War Games. I think that's like such a smart show. There's a few, there's a, there's a handful I, I threw your way. WCW pay-per-views are very seldom like top to bottom hits, bottom to top. You know, they're, they're WCWs. There's always like some dumb shit on them. That's kind of why they rule. Two culture wet made way more money in wrestling. You certainly should have. Yes. Uh, Benoit wrist was Brad Armstrong in a clash. I watched every other match is so short and they go like 15 minutes and it's insane. Yeah. He was, uh, my goodness, my goodness. He was, he was quite the wrestler folks. And I'm not breaking any news there. Uh, Andrew asking the bad wrestlers question has popped me. Some in the discord would say most of my like are bad. And this was responded to with facts and yep. <laughs> so there you go. Shouts Reese. Do you think Brock Anderson's going to go to the fed? I do. Yeah. I think you've got an NXT contract. Um, I think Arn's going back and he's going to go back with him. So good luck to Brock. You know, I know a lot of people were like kicking the shit out of him when he left, but that dude's had a really tough year. So him and Arn both. So I, I wish them the best. Whatever he wants to do, hopefully it works out. I don't think WWE would be as hot without the international shows. It was a very good move to move away from the American market for the B shows. I agree. And I think your, your comment is kind of, you know, validated and, and shown and highlighted by the couple B shows they did back stateside, they just didn't have the same pop. Absolutely. Yeah, Wrestle King does not look to be to my taste, but I'm still going to try and do a grin along, I think. Kevin Sullivan had some really good plays from 96 to 98 as far as Booker's go. He did, and he's he's one of the best ever at like the Shades of Grey stuff too. One of the best ever. Like the night early Nitro is not there's a lot of issues with it, but the best stuff in that time is really impressive, man. Like the Luger stuff and the different dynamics of play, very good. Cannot wait to see what Codeman has in store for War Games. <laughs> me, you and me both. Giant Gonzalez matches popped me off, watched most of them. Incredible bit. The real answer of best book- booker is Greg Garnier. Well, of course, but you know, it's too easy. It's like saying Brian for best wrestler, you know? I think Heyman's promoting is a lot better than his booking, if that makes sense. Ibu touched on a recent wrestlers. There you go. Yeah, I, I kind of we inadvertently overlapped there. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Lee realizing younger, hungry wrestlers are better than old veterans should be studied. He's very he's someone who's always been very excited to like actively shape potential and, and mold those guys. And it's what made him special. And there are talents that he's um there are talents that he's seen stuff in that he's just kind of persevered with and they figure it out eventually, you know? Okay, hang on a second, folks. One one moment. Um, what's up here? Um, okay. Right, I'm sorry, I just had a message and I wanted to make sure it wasn't anything like insane. I just saw JJ's gravity bit also. Shout out to JJ. He's still here. All right. Uh, Pete Ghetto is great. Absolutely. Yeah, Ghetto's he's best. Ghetto was, was superb. 
PSJR is taking a lead from AW. Well, that sucks. I hope Jim's well. I wish the big man the best. Heyman and Mourinho have similar vibes. Pop, I'd love to see that conversation. Why does Manny the Hooper love Hogan so much, and why do I agree? He, they have similar politics. I think your comment about booking and presentation is probably my main criticism of Tony recently. Like, he books good matches, but I could do that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. That's something Tony's always struggled with. He's like, I don't think he has a, a real promoter's brain, and I get it because I wouldn't either, but, like, you know, that, that mentality of build it and they will come, you know, and setting the stage for a big match and giving it the pomp and circumstance and the spectacle and the extra ingredients that makes it live forever, he struggles with that. And some matches are good enough, they'll live forever anyway. But there's something to be said for setting the stage and, and framing something as, like, truly special. It's not his strength by any means. Joe, is it real grabs that Don Callis has chosen to highlight himself on the match graphics of anyone he manages? It is. It, unfortunately, it's real grabs, but reluctantly so. It's despicably real. You know, it's it's horrible. It's, you don't, you don't, you're not admiring it, but you are acknowledging it ultimately. I'll give a shout out to the late 09 booking the eight for the IWC out of spite Hogan, Vince Russo. I will die on that hill, bro. That's what happened. Absolutely. You lads reacted to 2021 fleet like I did to say Sonata winning. Bro, we were having a hell of a time. It was worthwhile, I think, you know. It was worthwhile. Cody and Jay still being sober is mental. Love both, but Cody is still as over as he was in the Mania build, nearly, which I never would have guessed. It is, especially because his follow-up to Mania was kind of lame, and he, like, acknowledged Roman all that weird shit, so... People just actually like, I still think the biggest thing with Cody in WWE is it's that cell match, man. That was his Foley moment. He was like immortalized by that. And again, to their credit, they beat you over the head with that thing, you know? Look at what he did at Hell in a Cell. They said it over and over again until you was like, okay, I agree. It was incredible. I think that was huge for him. And I don't think he'll ever lose them because of that, honestly. It won't, I shouldn't say ever, but I think it's going to be a while. I've seen a few worst matches of the year chats. Cole versus Jericho seems to be getting a lot of votes. Your thoughts? Uh, I think sticking to big matches, some of those Bianca Alexa matches, Charlotte versus Askin, obviously the pitch black match. Yeah, <clears throat> the first um, Bianca Alexa match, the Raw one was like very bad. Very bad. The Rumble match wasn't good, but it was like one of those deals. They had like seven minutes on a pay per view and had no heat. I mean, it's what it is. The Raw match was like a catastrophe. Um, I still think Colin Jericho is worse because, I mean, I don't really explain why it was worse. It was just, it was very, it was a deeply embarrassing match. Adam Cole threw some of the worst punches in wrestling history. Sabu was like the highlight of the match and left within like a minute. It was pretty bad, man. It was pretty bad. Um, hopefully I'm still here. Twitch has been weird. I, got, I, I don't think it's, to be fair, JM Roman was bad as well. Charlotte Asker was very bad. I'll just vote Cole Jericho because it's funniest, even though I don't think it's actually the worst match of the year. All Jericho, Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Jarrett was diabolical. If we're being real, I mean it was terrible. AEW barely cares about the mystery devil angle anymore. After all the buzz it generated, I thought they'd lean into more, but they haven't. Oh, exactly. That's my thing, bro. I'm like, I don't even think it would be a bomb. It'd just be like, no, oh, whatever. I never cared anyway, you know. So I agree. Three is Booker of the Year. God bless. 
said MJ at the time, but Osprey feels undeniable. The second half of the year run has been, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Dragon's actual like Dragon's work has been incredible in twenty twenty three. He's missed so much time. It's very, it's a shame, man. I, you know, it's there's not long left for us watching American Dragon wrestle. Often it's it's brutal. Straight, oh yeah, that was very punk. That's also why I don't like you know. Very seldom see me get like, worked up about the way people conduct themselves. If it's literally just conduct, because it's like, who the fuck am I to judge? I have like two thousand followers, and I lost my line, my mind in public. Like, <laughs> can you imagine me if I was a pro wrestler, just calling like John Alba a piece of shit or something? You know, like, I'd be, I'd be cooked. I, I, I very rarely sell things for that reason. Um, do you think NXT on CW on Wednesdays would be the move? Be- very funny. So yes. Um he yeah, Rocky, he had some extensive answers, absolutely. Rocky's the man. That was a really cool experience, like way back almost 10 years ago now. That that show, you know, he would he was the third man of a show that would be in my ears like almost every day back then. So it's really cool. And those opportunities, like you kind of sometimes when you just roll in, you're you're going show to show. Cause that is what it is. It's like it's like doing wrestling without doing anything physical or, or leaving your house. It's like, you know, like we do, we did a Sunday show. It's like tomorrow we have Rocky. Okay. Let's make sure we do the Rocky show. Well, and then we'll do this and then we'll do that, whatever it is. And, um, so sometimes afterwards, like we had like kind of a long post show and I was, I just kind of thanked the guys for that. Cause it was really cool. Rocky Romero is, uh, is someone we all like a lot and we had a chance to spend an hour just talking grats with him. It was fucking awesome. Um, Ishikawa the, is the book in the book of conversation for all Japan right now. Very simple, logical book, and it's kept the title picture interesting, even with a limited number of top stars. I don't watch it closely, but I co-sign. Um, every time I stop through, I enjoy it, man. And, and the title scene point is spot on. Absolutely. All Japan's, they're back, brother. You know, my tracksuit. I was telling them, I'm going to get like an All Japan flag behind me and just never reference it. It'll be like my bit will be that's my home promotion, but I never discuss it on the air. Almost like it's sacred. It can't be reviewed that way, you know. Looks like New Japan is bringing quite a few US based talent for WrestleMania next year. Unlikely, but I hope they get Mercedes on the card. I hope so. I don't know what's going on with Mercedes, though, I'll be honest. I have, I have no clue. And when, I, yeah, and to be clear, when I say I don't know, I mean like I genuinely have no idea. No, anyone does at this point. Agreed, JJ. Agreed. Have you seen Giant Gonzalez versus Sid? It's Sid's last big match in WCW. It's truly awful. I love it. I don't know why I love bad wrestling so much. I watched Junkyard Dog and Flair. It popped me how much he wasn't selling. Oh, that match is horrific. Respect for liking it. Um, Jericho and Cole was deeply upsetting. There's a long-standing apologist for both. Sending love, Reese. Hope you've recovered. To be fair, Cole bounced back pretty well. Um, one second. We're winding down here, folks. I'm going to catch up on everything in the chat, but I'm going to wind it down. So, if you have any final questions, feel free to shoot them over. Okay. Um, Joe, have you seen Go Shizaki Shelton Benjamin? I have. I'm pretty sure. I've seen most of Shelton stuff in Japan, like his bigger stuff. There's some good stuff. He struggled to adjust. The Noah stuff is definitely better. I seem to remember that match being good. Um, the New Japan run, you can see he's struggling to adjust. 
Dragon will be far clear if not for the injuries. His consistency has been nuts. Coastline, absolutely. He's legitly like he doesn't ever miss all year, I don't think. It's wild. Out of this past weekend's latest Billy Classic, rank where you think Shota, Yuya, Yota, Ren, and Gabe Kidd being this time next year? It's um, a really good question. Okay, I think. See, I like Yota Suji more than Shota Rumino, but Shota had. That Shota match was like. That should really be game changing from that was special. Even still, I'm going to stick to my guns and say Suji, Umino, Yumura, uh, Gabe Kidd, and give me Ren as the five seed. I'm not a big Ren Nariga, unfortunately. I just don't, he doesn't pop for me. They're all good, though. They're all good. John Albert was incredible. That grin you done where he joined. Yeah, it was great. Great time. John's a really good guy. He's uh, he's always been very cool to me. So. It was great to have him hot one. The whole middle portion of Double Enough in between the Battle Royal and the Chris Return felt like a rib. That show was so fucking, like, just, just, just dry, you know? No heat. Oh, it's rough. Push-wise, um, or ideally you'd have them be. Okay, my bad. So, I that was kind of like an estimate, but it was also really my take. Um, that would be the order I'd actually have them probably anyway. Because I don't watch closely enough to actually predict so much as I just kind of give you a read on where I see them. I hope that worked, Reese. My bad if it didn't. Joe, when you watch New Japan, do you do English commentary or Japanese commentary? I did English, but this new bloke is a bit shit, so I have to switch. Yeah, I, I'd watch Japanese commentary. Unless I'm watching with people, because I'd like them to think I'm only slightly insane, not like entirely. Um, yeah, uh, I got, I, I try to watch Japanese commentary. I listened to like five minutes of the new guy. And I was like, well, not going to convince me to come over here for very long. Um, I see a comment. Oh, Monty's got main character energy. He needs to give the guys more air. And I thought Monty's Rick, R- Ricky Rubio. Oh, what a reference. A point where he never takes a shot unless he has to. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's, you know, he's trying to police uh, Ibu comment of WrestlePurist and myself. So I think he does a hell of a job. There's, you know, I, it's hard because I'm doing the show, but like I, I think I get enough time to talk <laughs> when I'm on WrestleMania. I don't think those shows usually end with people saying, "I wonder what Joe for would say." Yeah, um, blood and guts up there for worst match of the year for me. Double or nothing was a brutal pay per view too for the most part. Definitely agree on the layout. I like blood and guts, but it's very divisive. I've seen a lot of people have a similar take about like hating that match. So I'm I rewatched it for the guide. I think I give it like a pretty positive review. I think it was great or anything, but I've a lot of people have, have, you know, declared it was terrible. So you get what you get. Mileage may vary. Saito Brothers may pop me now. I saw those two fellas work fucking like a couple of years ago and they were dreadful and they keep popping up in these acclaimed matches and I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched and I'm like, I feel like I, I'm scared to, you know, it's like, it's insane to me they're having good matches. But I saw this one get well rated, and I was like, maybe I have to watch. I don't know. He's 21. Okay, well, fair play. Appreciate you, Andrew. Um, Ren has probably lost me in comparison to the others. He shit just falls flat with me. Yeah, I'm with you, man. He, I quite liked him before he returned, too. He just doesn't... feels like a pretender. You know, it doesn't feel authentic. doesn't feel real. 
ideal fantasy war games match? Okay. Great question. Let's go let's go full Joe Holbrook promotions for this. Full bing bong. Babyface team of Brit Hart is our captain. Hart's hitmen. Brit FTRKO and the Mad King Eddie Kingston. Brett, FTRKO, Mad King Eddie Kingston. The Hill side will be confirmed shoot and eyes, dangerous alliance managed by Lex E dangerously, which will be led by our team captain, the instant classic Christian Cage. The tag team should be who should be the t- the team of uh, the heel team. Give me Arn and Tully. Who else could be in the Dangerous Alliance? Ravishing Rick Rude, and their one-time mercenary, the big man behind me, Samoa Joe. So we've got Brett, FTRKO, and Eddie Kingston versus Christian Cage. Arn and Tully, um, Samoa Joe, and and Ravishing Rick Rude, I believe, was my was my lineup. War games. Um, New Japan announced there won't be any Stardom at the Dome, and Stardom running their own show that afternoon across the street <coughs> really makes me think Mercedes won't be back in Japan by then. If she's healthy to wrestle, they may just have to have her return in San Jose, where she debuted. But the overall cross promotion between New Japan Stardom is fading fast. Yeah, I don't follow it closely, but it certainly seems that way. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. I've never fully got it or understood it. It's kind of weird to watch from a distance. Um... <laughs> that fucking rules. Okay. I've seen a thing online. Beast. However, is it for the acclaim? Their matches aren't even good anymore. Um, it's hard. I, I find it hard to say because I've never been a big fan. They're still over. So, like, I think they're fine. But I've never been a big fan. So, I can't really do the downfall thing because I'd be lying, you know? I think their shtick is a very one note, but people still like them. So, whatever. Uh, Ren's style isn't brutal enough. How can you be strong style if your strikes? Look? Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's, there's too much. It's way too loose. Um, I'll not be doing a commentary worse at one hour and 40, JJ, unfortunately. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. Bob Rude and Rick Rude as the world's most disrespectful tag team. Grabs on taps very fairly. World's rudest affair. Um, and Christian and Brett come together, watch the crowd rise. I'm doing, I supposed to got pictures of it the other week. I think I posted like Eddie and fit. I'm doing like a, I grab a TW game going where it's, uh, it's like the Bing Bong squad, you know, like all the Bing. And for each guy I have on my roster, there's like a WWF counterpart for them. So there's like a war situation. So like if I have Brett, they have Sean. You know, if I have if I have Joe, they have Umaga, whatever it may be. If I have Eddie, they have KO, whatever. Um, and they are just beating the hell out of me. I mean, I'm booking some fucking great grabs, you know. Great grabs. You know, Arn and Rick versus the Briscoes, you know, that kind of deal. But. Win some, you lose some. Um, what else we got here? Are you doing? I'm not doing a watch along. I'm. 
I actually was going to see if the guys were doing it at WrestleTrius, but I'm probably going to just watch it while I'm doing other things because, you know, I want to lock in on the Joe match um, and the, the Daniel Garcia match, which I'm very excited for. Uh, to be fair, it is a good card. I'm thinking it's few. I'm, I may appear on the WrestleTrius one. I may watch it on Discord with the with the guys. Um, probably won't be anything on the air, to be honest. I'm probably going to just chill out after this because this has been a pretty long one. But I've enjoyed it. So hopefully you guys have too as we wind down here. Bring it do like another five minutes if there's enough questions. If not, and everyone's asked their questions, I'll wrap when I finish these ones. Um, who should beat Christian for the TNT title? Because I actually think Edge will end up putting him over in there one-on-one. Uh, who should beat him? It should probably be... Jesus, who are they like? I'm trying to think who they're like rising baby faces are. I mean, fuck, it, it should probably be DG's rebound after he loses tonight, but it won't be. I think Edge is going to beat him. Hopefully you're right. If I had a pick, I'd say have Danny lose tonight, rebuild, and win that. It's just me. I'm biased. I'm proud of it. Fit Finley's incredible. I didn't get him um, 15 years ago when I barely knew Bob. He's incredible. Oh, he's an unbelievable wrestler. And if you watch like his stuff in Germany, like, Fit Finley's genuinely one of the best wrestlers ever. Like, you dig into his body of work, that dude is unbelievably good. Um, Mark Briscoe is a good shout as well. Cole Folks, shout out Mark Briscoe. Uh, <laughs> Moro yelling, restore the feeling. What's the unfortunate? Uh, this was, yeah, I saw the guys last week. Were very, They were very bummed out by Dynamite. It happens, man. Watch alongs are, t- are tough. You do them every week. I did it with Manny for a while, and by the end, I was done. What, like, five guys, if you could, that you'd move to another promotion? Like, Kiyomiya to New Japan or some shit. That's a fun one. All right, let's just kick this around. This will be probably our last one. Chat, play along with this, because you guys have better ideas a lot of the time. Let me have a look here. Let me pull up some rosters. So we're going to be moving some people around. Just an ideal world. Who would we throw from one place to the other? Now, WWE is very interesting in this way because they're they're using a lot of their guys rather well, which makes it less, you know, I'm I'm less, like, immotivated to say, well, let's put some, let's move that person there. Or... And some guys that I like, like, for example, if I take, um, if I take Bob Lash, a part of me would like to see him elsewhere again. A part of me would like to see uh, Seamus. I definitely would like to see him elsewhere. But the issue is, is like, you know, it kind of would not exactly change the turn the tide on the current perception shift, right? Going to call 40-year-old guys. So I struggle with that a little bit. Is there a, is there a woman's wrestler that would... You know, it would be a fun one. I can't send a woman's wrestler to AEW. I'm not even doing that bit. Right, let's look at the AEW roster here. Who's the chat saying? Seth Rollins to MLW. Um, Sheamus to AEW. Yeah, that one's definitely... I think that one will actually happen, to be honest. Kento's... Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know, though, man. He's... He's the ace of the rebounding territory. This is This is interesting. Higuchi from DDT in New Japan. Tom Ishii to All Japan is a great one. I love that one. I love the idea of Triple Crown Tom. Okada at WWE would be interested to see what they did with him. 
I actually agree, and I don't enjoy his work enough to be like mad that I'd miss out on more forty-minute main events. You know, so that's actually a pretty good one. I think AJ Styles isn't long for WWE. Do you think he'll end up in AEW or TNA? Um, I've always thought he'll get a deal elsewhere before he retires. So yeah, I think he probably will go somewhere else. I don't think it'll be TNA though, because AJ's a money guy. I don't mean that as a knock either. He's just you know, it's his job. God bless him. Small sicko part of me wants to see Osprey and WWE out of sheer, sheer curiosity. Fair. I'd move Athena to a promotion where more than 15 people say wrestle. Well, I mean, true, but like where? <laughs> because there's not a lot of options, unfortunately. Might be better off just, have, just treating it like some sort of artsy picture. Big Tom is, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm on board with this, Reese. This is a good call. Right, the AEW roster. Where the fuck can we put Andrade? Can we put Andrade somewhere? Um, Bud Matt Pop. Hmm. This is a very big roster, you know. Juice Robinson's name is Joseph Robinson, which is very funny and is news to me. Okay. I'm looking at a few different people here. It's very funny that Roderick Strong is a guy that I'm like looking to move considering everything. Athena TNA. Oh my God. TN Andrade. TNA Ace Andrade. Yeah, he probably would. I, I tend to agree, but I wanted to do something weird. Steve Macklin to Noah. Tim Thatch to TNA is fucking insane. God bless. Juice Robinson to CMLL. <laughs> All right. I try and I want to find a real good one, you know, one that really really packs a punch. Who would be the best? This is my question to you guys. Who would be like the ideal TNA ace? And we'll take Pepsi Punk and uh and um, Osprey off the board. Who would be from the big two if one of them could go to TNA to be like the guy? Who is it? Is it Andrade or Idolo? Who's who's the best name for that, do we think? TNA Ace in 2024. That's what my brain is next. Because AEW and WIV, I don't even really know at this point. It's like, it's whatever to me. Chad Gable. My God, Hangman, Miro, Nick Nemeth. Yeah, this is Osprey. That the Osprey thing pops me tremendously, man. Right, I'm moving Andrade back to the. I'm moving Andrade and Bud Matt back to the Fed because it pops me. And in their place, I will send Sheamus and Jesus wept. Uh, this would be a good bit. Let's just put Liv Morgan in the All Elite fleet. I, I've done a trade, folks. Seamus and Liv Morgan <laughs> for, for the poorly dangerously duo of Andrade Oedolo and Buddy Matthews. <clears throat> Make of this what you will. I will not be taking questions at this time. I have another one. Otis to All Japan Pro Wrestling. Liv, Liv Morgan is all elite. Is like 
an incredible timeline. Bailey, yes. Yes. Pam. Grand Slam Pam. Now we're talking. All right. I like it. Finn is someone that I actually always wanted to see in AEW, but I think at this point, like, you know, he kind of plays his role there and it's whatever. Kevin Owens. That was a really interesting moment where it felt like he was going to jump. The Creed's to Big Japan, real grabs. Okay, is there anyone else that would be funny? Drew Mack is, I guess, sort of interesting. I don't know. I mean, is it interesting? I stopped myself there in the middle of it. Braun Strowman to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Cody Rhodes would be an interesting fit in AEW. Has anyone ever thought about that? Anyone ever thought that would look like? That'd be weird. Uh, this Raw Women's roster is kind of insane. Becky, Candice, Chelsea, Indy, Ivy, Katana, Caden. Like, this is like... This sounds like made up. Liv, Maxine, Natalia, Nia, Nikki, Piper, Raquel, Rhea, Shayna, Sonya, Tegan, Trish, Valhalla, Zaya Lee, Zoe Stark. I mean, a couple of those are good, aren't they? Indy, Ivy, Katana, Caden. Good lord, my camera keeps exploding. Now you know I'd heart claiming the knockouts division. Poor Nikki Cross, bro. Poor Nikki Cross. Mercedes Martinez is fucking awesome. Any anything that gets her on TV, I'm for. Um Okay. I totally get the idea that like Kevin's kind of had his run, but honestly, I don't think he's going to leave the Triple H promotion. They're like pretty, pretty tight, I think, which doesn't mean anything. So it could change. Um, we've done like, not really a group team. We would we've we've flirted with the idea a few times. We should do it though. We definitely should. Like a brand split vibe, yeah. Like we could we could do we could do this, we could do this one promotion. We could be LNG promotions and have different brands, you know? Confirm shoot, bing bong and bob or whatever. There's a few different things we could do. Austin Free to NWS, good one. TNA leads to land my stuff really, in my opinion. I, I think it's I get it. I co sign the idea that to take, but I think he's like a lot for AW. He's a lot for AW and I think Shelton's going to. Um, is Nikki Cross's new gimmick that she's Bob? Yes. Who's the top three under Rhea? Becky. Uh, Becky. Raquel. Shayna, I guess. Liv. I don't know. It's a weird roster. Um, oh yeah, it would fucking rule. We absolutely, and we if we do it, uh, when WrestleMania gets the Patreon thing going, which should be like somewhat soon, we could do it over there too. It could be fun. 
Logan Paul to AEW. I would personally, I'd like to trade Logan Paul to the NWA, but I'm simply built different. Um, Monday roster has a bunch of built about good guys, but but half of them can't um, get over. Sorry, shit, so it's awkward. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic for sure. Jade will be behind Becky, yeah, probably so. Yeah, I think it's fair. Sarah was never going to do the TW deal. You know, it's just not his, not his bag. And I know it's a New Japan. <laughs> All right, where's Dolph going? Um, he'll do a couple of things for AW. I don't think he's going to actually do like anything full time. But I think he'll float around. Hopefully, I'm wrong. It doesn't sound like he's going to be like rushing back into full time grips, from what I understand. All right. Might as well, like, we're like nearly at two hours. Is there any, is there any final, final questions? Because, I mean, I've been here for two hours now, basically. Also, they built up Rhea too much. It feels like nobody can challenge her unless they're 640. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Which is a worthwhile sacrifice, but it does make it hard to have, like, real, uh, you know, real title matches. Um... Ibu's confession he loves Nye was one of the best pieces of WrestleMania. We encouraged him to do that too, which was very funny. There was one night on a post show, we were talking and like Ibu was getting disgusted with this like fucking Nye bit we were doing. And I go, okay, Monty, imagine when her and Alexa reunite in like a battle royal or something. And Monty does this like big sell, like I just, like I just it's like Masawa, you know, like, oh. And he, if it was so mad, and now we've we've managed to get him to be the one that says it on the air. What a time to be alive! Most exciting Dolph opponent in AEW, Omega. I think. Final question is wrestling good? It's very good, honestly. The best thing to do is not watch it. Um, what is your problem with Bobby's War Ace Logan Paul? Honestly, beyond the fact that he's like a piece of shit, which, I mean, is what it is. It's wrestling, right? Like, I watched Benoit matches today. I mean, it's what it is. I hate how much people, like, fawn over him. I find it, like, really deeply embarrassing. Like, people that hate high-spot wrestlers just, like, just absolutely wetting themselves because he does, like, a moonsault. It's like... He's, like, obviously really impressive. He's a natural, but people are just absolutely infatuated with everything he does every single step he takes it's like oh my goodness look at logan paul it's just i find it to be kind of obnoxious i will say in addition the fact that there are people who actively detect how problematic every single wrestler in the world is but are like big logan paul fans is one of the funniest bits in wrestling internet conversation now let me be clear I don't care because wrestlers are all problematic. It's part of the bit. So he fits in. But like, you know, if there's wrestlers you don't like because they like like tweets, like how do you, <laughs> you know? Like, that's just me personally. And that doesn't mean any of you do that, but like there are people who do that and I just find it to be funny. Um. Will Danny Garcia reignite the Young Lions love professional wrestling tonight? He will. I think you guys will do a fleet week this weekend. Um, uh, is Christian a good wrestler? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know he's a good wrestler. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, for sure. She Rhea's TV presence is big, but her matches are kind of separate. Beast. Kingston Dole final battle pop. Someone's gonna have to wrestle him. Um, yeah, I haven't liked the last couple of matches either. And look, I, I totally get I I agree with it. Like um I agree with you, Cody. It is impressive how far he's picked it up and he's had some really good matches. It's just I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense to any of you. Maybe maybe I'm I'm allowing the discourse to poison a, a topic for me, but so it feels like everything Logan does is like this sort of like this triumph, you know? I find it to be kind of obnoxious. Um, Logan Paul being as good as he is shows how easy the modern style is, Pop. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dolph vs. Loki? I love that it's the only big match we got because it's the only real big match in 2010 we needed for Loki in WWE. Yeah, fair. He was like the only guy who could wrestle. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, he like knocks Dolph out early on and they still have a good match, so... I know Loki spoke very highly of Dolph, which means it, you know, that says something because Jesus wept. That's not a long list. So, so yeah, I like it. I like it quite a bit. Okay. Braun Strowman is very good. He has a very good new action figure too. Can you pick up at some point? Bad Bunny fucking rules. That's, that's well established. Uh, nonetheless, as we wind down here, we have a final minute. Before we get to two hours, I want to thank everyone who joined us. Um, big Bill to all Japan is a great call. Give him a cowboy hat too. Okay. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We still have like 40 people in here and we've been on for two hours. We peaked much higher, but I've run folks off from my Logan Paul slander, which is fair. Nonetheless, I have some plugs. This Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe, it is Lone Star Shootout. New Japan, USA, um, Eddie and Kojima, uh, Trent and Shingo. There's a bunch on that show. So if you're watching, join us. We saw myself, Matt and Dukes just watching the graps as we usually do, talking, you know, about whatever else comes up while we're watching. So that'll be on Friday. Uh, next Sunday will be uh, Lone Star is like 1 a.m. UK time. Uh, next Sunday, Sunday the 19th, I believe, or some. 19th, I think, um, will be the Survivor Series 95 grin along, probably at like 6.05 Eastern. And before that, next week will probably be grin week. We're probably going to do the full gear preview. If not, we'll do Survivor Series next week. So it'll be it'll be one or the other. There'll be a late night grin in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's what's ahead of us. I hope you enjoy us along the way. Thanks for being with me tonight. It's been a fun time. Um, we did. We talked about a lot. I don't really know what, but we talked about a lot. That's what matters most. So, have a great night, folks. Enjoy it. Dynamite um, is a very good show. I think tonight. I'm pretty certain it's going to be great. So, if it isn't, I apologize for that. But I'm pretty sure it's going to rock. So, enjoy it. Keep grinning. All hell. And yes, Reese. I'm always fired up for Timothy Thatcher, let alone against Chris Hero. So, professional wrestling is back in nine days. Have a great night, folks. Enjoy this outro.